Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another week of the Neurodivergent Nurse. I have had just a tiring week in general, emotionally, physically, not to mention the issues with getting my ADHD medication finally caught up with me. And what I mean by that is I tried to get my script several days ago, probably on Friday, filled, and they couldn't because the generic version of Vyvanse is on back order everywhere. So I spent part of the day calling around all the pharmacies in Greensboro, in Raleigh, including the hospital that I work at, and no luck. So I reached out to my psychiatrist and I asked, hey, I know a year ago we went through the whole gamut of ADHD medication because my insurance company decided that I needed prior authorization to prove that I actually needed to be on Vyvanse. And as terrible as that was, here we are again, not able to get it. So who knows what we will end up on. I was reading about why that is, and it turns out that in the United States anyways, They don't recognize there being a shortage unless multiple companies or all the companies are showing that they don't have this medication in stock. Well, the problem is with Vyvanse, the original maker of it, they have plenty. It just costs $400 per month without insurance to get it. And a lot of insurance companies are not willing to pay that. So it's showing that there's not a deficit of Vyvanse in this country because they have surplus of it. And I'm going to use that to segue into talking about something that those of us with ADHD may not have a surplus of, and that is reciprocation from friends or from family members or just from people in general. If you have ADHD, there is a good chance that you're similar to me in the fact that We would do anything for another person. And I know a lot of people on Instagram have commented and they have told me that they feel these things as well, that they just don't really have friends or 
they will walk through the fires of hell to make sure that someone that they love or care about, or like I said, even someone they don't really know well, is comfortable. That we want to make sure that everybody is okay and that if there's a way that we could make sure that they are, that we want to be there for them, that we do whatever we can to make sure that they feel loved, to make sure they feel needed, to make sure that they don't have to feel the things that we do so often. But like I said, on the flip side of that, we don't really get that in return. We don't really get that reciprocated like to the point that we do it for other people. And sure, people are busy and friends have a lot going on. But I feel like for me, even when I have everything going on, I still carve out time for somebody who needs me or just somebody because I love them and I want to have that time. It's not just our personal life. It can also come down to our work life too. It comes down to whatever area though that our energy is not being reciprocated. If you've ever taken physics, then you have probably heard that the law of conservation of energy in a rough sense it states that energy in any closed system remains constant. It can't be created. It can't be destroyed. It just shifts from one to another. In human relationships and the things that we do, our endeavors, the interpretation is reciprocation like I was talking about. We put energy into relationships and projects. And if these relationships and projects don't return energy to us, then we're emptying the tank. We're draining our batteries. We have a limited capacity and eventually we'll drain our batteries if we're letting people and projects charge themselves from our energy. We don't have anything that recharges us. Are you always the person that is reaching out to make plans with friends or a partner? Are you the one who's always calling, texting, emailing, checking in? Are you always taking on the really crappy work projects that nobody else wants to do on your job? Do other people seem to have a sense of entitlement to your efforts and to your energy when they don't seem to expect that much of themselves? Do you feel like you want to say something about a situation, but there's just never really the right time because the people or the projects consuming your energy are constantly in a state where you don't feel comfortable to raise concerns about what you're getting out of this? If you answered yes to some of these, especially if you answered yes to all of these, then this is an episode that you definitely don't want to shut off just yet. I'm not going to get into politics, but for the sake of this conversation, this topic, I think that it's a really good thing to reference just so that you get the point too of what you're capable of. So one time, a politician in California tweeted, F Elon Musk. Elon Musk tweeted back, message received, to that California politician. And then he moved his headquarters to Texas. When people are either failing to reciprocate your energy or they're just being outwardly hostile or blaming you for things, then it's definitely time to consider that they may be sending you signs that they just don't want to be your friend or your partner or your colleague. But realistically, not everybody has to like us. When people are failing to reciprocate your energy, when they are showing that in the long run, they're just not capable of giving back to you in a way that you deserve and in a way that you want, that you desire, then do like Elon did. Match their energy and just start pulling back. When you feel yourself chasing and the other side isn't reciprocating, then yeah, pull back. 
match their energy, and put in what they're putting in. It's not an eye for an eye type of thing. But at some point, your mental health is really important too. And you're continuing to listen to this podcast because it's something that you think of. It's something that you feel. They may not step up and do anything more. And that will be the sign that it's not a connection worth investing in, at least not as much as you have been investing in. It'll be hard, but sometimes it's just better to move on. They may recognize you pulling back and initiate a discussion and They may even take some action, and that will be a great place to try to establish a different foundation for your connection. It's important to act on self-love and self-preservation to retract, save, and restore your energy. Without doing that, you're going to end up fully draining your batteries and burning out, which can take a long time or even a lifetime for you to recover from. Now, if you make up your mind and that you are going to pull back, this is something that you don't feel comfortable in and you are becoming drained from it, share how you feel with your counterparties. Let them know that you feel that you've been investing a lot of energy into the relationship or into the project and you don't feel like it's coming back to you. Explain why and what you would like for the situation to change for it to be more of a two-way street for you. Sharing your needs gives the other party, a chance to see if they can meet your needs. When you do this, I want to encourage you to have empathy. Don't make assumptions. Don't make accusations. Give people a chance to hear you out and to see where they want to take it from there. If you vent frustration, you're only going to provoke defensiveness and probably reinforce the cycle. That's so easy for us to do. As I keep going back to, lack of communication is a huge trigger for me. And with my friends, With a lot of my family members, I am open and transparent that this is something that I can't handle well. I call it be left on red for quite a while. I feel like it is disrespectful. And if you know that I have these feelings of disrespect because of it, then you have the opportunity to try to meet these needs or to find other ways of communication so that that won't happen. So I'm not going into the spiral and my needs as your friend, as a person relationship is being fulfilled. And if you just continuously aren't able to, and I am constantly feeling disrespected from it, then that might be all we need to know. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is to invest in yourself. When you've been investing a lot of energy into something and you start to retract for self-preservation, start investing that energy into yourself. You've been investing in things that aren't returning anything to you. So you're draining your energy supply. Instead, you can invest energy directly into yourself and do the things that have a positive compounding effect in restoring your natural energy and supplies to their baseline. Take a look at what you're receiving from the people in the projects that are troubling you. If you look at it and you see that there's not that balance, ask yourself what would feel like more of a balance for you, to you. This may mean changing the nature or structure of the connection. A lot of times your counterparts won't like this. And that's okay. Carrying out this change and holding to it is going to be just as hard or harder than processing the feelings and deciding upon the need for the change. Taken a step back and really looked into it, and you know what you can honestly expect from the people and the projects in question, then you can put it in a well-understood box. Once you have this structure in place, you can turn your focus to other connections that can fulfill your needs, where you feel like a larger investment of your energy will be reciprocated and you need to learn to set boundaries. When you are not in touch with your feelings and your needs and you're not able to set boundaries or champion for what you want, it becomes easy to do just whatever other people want. 
You may feel like a chameleon a lot of times, and that can be very draining. When it's hard to say no, and it's really easy to say yes, you end up being responsible for things that you don't want to be. You are restricted in ways you don't want to be, and you're doing too many things for others and not enough things for you. You become out of touch with yourself. You become wrapped up in what's going on with other people because you're afraid of rejection and you may just be addicted to their approval. People can't see or respect your needs and boundaries when you can't see and respect your own needs and boundaries. Knowing your needs and setting those boundaries will allow you to preserve your energy to invest in yourself and your connection to your inner identity. Like I said, so many of us, we just become chameleons and we start to wonder, who am I really? And with ADHD, we think that we're imposters. We are so sensitive and we pick up on all the rejection that we think is coming our way. We hear a lot of negative things about us from us. So with setting those boundaries, with taking steps back, with removing yourself from situations that make you feel worthless or not valuable because it makes you feel like you aren't worth what you're giving to other people, that other people don't think that you are that valuable, that you are that worthy, once you remove yourself from those situations, then you can actually see how amazing and how incredible you really are because you start seeing through your own eyes. Sometimes people, they mistakenly think that boundaries create distance and that it just allows conflict to brew. But in fact, by doing that, you can promote closeness and you can prevent conflict. Boundaries allow you to be connected, but independent. They enable closeness while holding the needs of individuals as being equally important as the needs of their connections with them. Healthy people are able to hold their internal needs and the needs of others or be responsible in both relationships. So I'm encouraging you to be responsible for you. I'm encouraging you to show up for you. And I am reminding you that you are worthy. Take this time, take this energy to learn your value and then add some tax to it. I hope that you have a lot of takeaways from today's episode and maybe feeling a bit empowered because you deserve that. As always, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I can't wait to talk to you again. 